Well, we're back. When we promised, didn't we? Oh, we sure nice. did promise, didn't it. we? I get it. Um, you get that? That's the thing that there is said <laughs> there, in the game. There is something I've been wanting to say to you all all week long. Go birds. Go birds. Go birds. Go birds. Hey, it's that weird bird again. <laughs> yeah. More so than usual, go birds. Oh, wait. <laughs> Making, changing the... The Philadelphia Eagles flag into Minerva from FF13. <laughs> Remind me to do this later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the fanatic and the <laughs> the fanatic and Minerva combined. To make yeah, a, yeah. Okay, so we need orphan. to for gritty. Gritty is orphan, oh my, right? It, I was gonna say, yeah. yeah like, how do we do the god like, and the, the goddess, and they're both like stroking gritty in the middle, like gritty in the middle. Yeah, uh, the, gritty did also come from below. You like is like lore is like living under the city or something like yeah, that. Yeah, like the lore for Gritty is that he's like an eldritch horror. Like that was been, <laughs> he, he predates the building of the stadium and has lived under, under the earth of it for years and was just discovered in like 2016 or 2017 Some or whatever. Ancient it is. burial ground type shit. Fuck yeah. I'm not looking forward to fighting Gritty in one of the later missions of the game because I feel like it's going to be like a real just fucking HP sponge and just <laughs> you can't use imperil on him. <laughs> <laughs> what did we do last week what have we done we beat the game technically well not, not yet i mean did we? we may as well have beaten the game I well mean, we'll we'll get into that yeah when, so when, you, when you beat uh fucking sephiroth with wings have you beaten the game pretty much i don't think you can lose that follow-up fight you can't i i'm pretty sure you can lose this fight you can I'm pretty sure I almost lost this Oh, fight. no. <laughs> <laughs> so we surprisingly blasted through the cradle, given how, uh, like, big it seemed. I thought we were going like, to spend, like, a whole episode just talking about the cradle, but we spent, we, we blasted <laughs> through the cradle, no problem. Got to the cool white room. And oh, now I love we're that in... cool white room. You want to just talk about yeah. that again for 30 minutes? Yeah, I want to go back <laughs> to, go that back cool to the Parnex. white room. Yeah. <laughs> the Narthex. Yeah, yeah. I feel like, I mean, this game's from Japan, and uh, I would imagine that a waiting room like that might be playing a little bit of T-Square, perhaps some Cassiopeia. Oh, oh my goodness. Just a little smooth jazz going. Maybe the uh, the video of Fight Man by T-Square and Cassiopeia. Yo, fuck yeah. Whoa. Best of both worlds. That's my favorite Mega Man boss fight. Man. <laughs> it's got the best theme because it was composed by Cassiopeia and T Square. Yes, we fought Bart, and then Bart <laughs> uh, decided to fuse with Orphan, who was sneaking in the pool. Right, he was. They became what a giant fucking sword. He's like, how about we try that again, fucko? <laughs> That's right. Yeah, and I would. I guess at this point, he, he manipulated Fang into trying to kill him also yeah which yeah. fang did not probably because she relented after having memories of her travels with her friends or yeah, the, the power of the homies brought her the power of, of homies compels god <laughs> there's also lore and it's potential whether she did it or with the help of because the the original reason that like ragnarok failed to destroy cocoon the last time was that intro interfer interfered Interfiend? In, intervened. Intervered. <laughs> interfered? Interfered? Yeah. Interfered. Ragnarok off course by interfering. <laughs> so it's possible that because we're getting essence of Vetro in this all over, all up in this scene, that she might have been like, yeah, it's like we're, not cool do, we're not doing fucking phrase. Yeah. Essence, essence of Vetro. <laughs> by Calvin Klein. <laughs> Maybe she's born with it. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's essence of Vetro. <laughs> Yeah, you're gonna have, uh, so Alex, I am to understand that in the uh, 
the last the week. <laughs> yeah, in the interim, uh, you've read some philosophy about what happens at the end of FF13. Yeah, I see. so at the in the Ultimania Omega, there is like the first like half of it is just the events that happen, and so I was like, oh, I wonder if there's anything that like, happens after. And yes, there is. There is just like five pages of like. Hey, so uh, here's what happened, we think, because, again, this is not officially written by Square. It's, like, published by Square Enix, but written by, like, another team, and there's kind of, like, their interpretation for what they know. Um, <laughs> Good fucking And then gosh. between this and then a Reddit post from, like, last year, <laughs> I, was like, I was like, I think I have a better understanding of what happened. Because <laughs> weirdly, like- weirdly, the uh, the Square book uses more slurs than the Reddit post, which is <laughs> shocking to me. <laughs> Yeah, it was real weird. I, I like the idea of this this <laughs> secondary square team like walking into the FF13 offices after FF13's been made like the fucking uh <laughs> like the team from the movie Alien walking into the craft ship. Like they're in the derelict <laughs> ship like shining like <laughs> flashlights around and like, instead of like alien eggs there's like detailed data about Etro's gate and they're like what the fuck happened here? It's just <laughs> like <laughs> There's just like a Mike Ehrmantraut from Breaking Bad type guy who's just like, okay, here's how you can fucking fix all this fucking stupid lore and make it <laughs> concise and cohesive and make sense. What are you going to do is you're going to release another game in two years, okay? We're going to throw everything you know about the first one. <laughs> just going on. People are going to forget all about this in five years. <laughs> that, okay? No one's definitely going to make a podcast about it over a decade later. Uh, yeah, because we're getting ready to get to some um, questionable actions. Well, I guess yeah. we already have. We're already in the middle of it. We're in the midst of all Yeah, this. we're pretty much like at the very end like of it all. Ooh, the end of it all. And who are we? Oh, um, oh God, I know this one. I mean, we've been doing this for a couple years. Um, Hold on, I think I wrote this we down. We are the research. daycare dittos. That's I'm right. Peter. <laughs> I'm Steven. I'm Sarah? No, I'm David. <laughs> <laughs> David. Yeah, we're every FNFF. You know by now. You know probably, you know our friend Creepy David. <laughs> Scareful David. <laughs> <laughs> it was just the four-year anniversary of uh, of Dave being um, wrongfully... Uh, <laughs> not accused isn't the word, but people thought that he was the developer of that Y2K game and yeah. uh, posted about it on Reddit because he looks like the one character in it. So everyone yeah. calls Dave a self-insert dev of a game that he didn't <laughs> develop. And then other people are like, oh, actually, he's not the dev. He's just a he's cosplayer. A, a cosplayer. I was like, cosplayer. That is like, a no. picture of him before Y2K existed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently those devs are super nice, though. They like reach out to Dave all the time and talk to him and, and stuff. So That's cool. They should make a game about him. <laughs> <I> want- <laughs> yeah, Y3K. Someone um, <laughs> I, I tweeted about it, and someone was just like, "The devs really nailed this character design, like with their intention of just being a guy that you immediately do not like when you first see him." Oh no! <laughs> and I was like, "I don't know what you're trying to say because he's one of like literally the guy you're he's talking like, about is one of my best friends who he's everyone like the upon meeting him, in the entire world, anyone who meets Dave immediately loves him because he's the best." <laughs> I know. <laughs> but anyway, we should probably jump into on this. You and Dave uh, catching a Pokemon Blue at Magfest. <laughs> oh yeah. Hell yes. Right. <laughs> yeah, let's jump into it. Let's let's leap into it like so, some kind of leaping animal. The the gang is back. They were they were seethed and now they're deceased. Yeah, yeah. which was Deceased and deceased. So what does the Reddit post say about their deceithening? 
So, <clears throat> okay, here we go. My understanding. <laughs> We're already ready. I, oh, wait, no, no, no. I actually looked into this. Um, the reason that it happened was it was all just smoke and mirrors. Oh, that's right. Oh, yeah. That's right. <laughs> that's what Hope says. <laughs> but the general interpretation, I think, is like Etro took pity on them in the end, in the in kind of, I don't know. Like, <laughs> that part of his, like, what, what they came I, back from. Uh, like, the same force that brought, like, prevented Fang from becoming Ragnarok also just, like, Depoof. The reason they turned the teeth in the first place is because they basically just failed their focus. They like completely resisted. Yeah. Huh. I mean, we've been doing that. Well, I was gonna say, I guess we. I I feel like we've been doing it that that whole time, but it's really hard to say. Like, what the fuck was our focus? Because every step of the way, it was just kind of bartandalous, like pulling us along. Yeah. The thing that the ultimate does address is that like it goes back to like even the beginning of the Falci. Like uh, bartandalous is basically he made cocoon kind of as a goal to kind of create like his own mass of people he could eventually build up the population enough to kill just enough to open this gate wide enough to go through himself. Um, right. It's kind of what it seemed like. And find the maker. There was like a whole thing like during the war transgression that he actually was predicting cocoons like no stop like attacking like we don't want the yeah we don't <laughs> it's want not ready yet my the, it's not ready yet it's not big enough so it took a few hundred years for like it to get to a capacity where he was comfortable like yes kill it kill it we were ready now <laughs> he was still preheating the oven he, well he wasn't quite ready. <laughs> had to go to 425 and at 350 he's like i might as well just pop the pizza in now you know Who, who's gonna know <laughs> <laughs> i'm hungry now <laughs> But it seems like the whole plot, uh, yeah, is just saying like, oh yeah, Bartanos is just doing this whole thing, like, including Orphan is in on it, in which they, their whole plan is to just kill Cocoon, whether or not. I think Bart was kind of like manipulating us to thinking that like Orphan is like this kind of separate uh, thing from him, maybe. Sure. Hmm. But it is the thing that powers Cocoon and is also, I think, leeching power from the other Falci, which is why we saw maybe remnants of the other Falci throughout the, the cradle. Uh. So it's actually gathering power from people and the falci and stuff like that and uh in this next scene i think we'll find out yes that a orphan is just the same as bart <laughs> he okay. just kind of lives like bart is kind of the mediator between the people and the falci in a way so i guess it makes sense why he was kind of the one who kind of has to bring us here it can't I, just be orphan like come and fight me idiot <laughs> i hate this game now yeah <laughs> it's, weird. It's, it's, it's like i guess i guess it's just a lot of this isn't explained too much but yeah it's just like i get it for, get for it a now. game that did very little explaining the entire time other than like the, <laughs> the deep dives into the data log it's like yes this is particularly not very well explained we need to get a vati vidya about the end God. of ff13 <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I am, I'm curious about like the interpretation of what the actual focuses of the foci of our Lissy team was. We've heard them both ways. That's the, that's the most inconsistent thing about FF13. They keep saying focuses and foci. But yeah, so we, we finished that fight. Um, we saw some flashbacks uh, after all the Seath mm-hmm. shenanigans going on. And uh, we kind of are now on Vanille's face. And she is finishing a thought of um, that she was having with Fang. Uh, where she says that um, we promised and we last time we talked about it it was uh, like you're not alone anymore we have a new family now we stick together you hear me that's what Fang said to Vanille and uh, now we're in the next scene and Vanille's saying that <laughs> that was fucking cl- a clunky way of saying <laughs> no, that, you're all of that that's good because yeah yeah, the, fa- the Lassie are standing before Orphan or actually they're not standing before anybody right now they're standing before Etro's gate is that what is that what they're on top of like the, the boss that we just killed who is now melting into it is that Etro's gate no that I think the, the boss the thing behind it the big eye shaped thing is ah, Etro's gate yeah. ah. which 
yeah, the so I think what happened is that yeah, they basically just caught Orphan off guard when when he was monologuing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> they were too busy torturing Fang or some shit. Lit his yeah. ass up. And it's like I think because we know it's like he has he's had his shield up for a while and kind of like withstanding and hoping I think to to coax Ragnarok out. But interestingly, now we see uh, like our, our party's kind of squaring up, and um, Snow is like got his dukes up, and we can see his brand, which now looks a lot like Fang's brand. Yeah, it's been like all bleached out. out. Which makes sense for what you're saying, Alex. That if like the Etro just like yeah. is that Etro cancels influence. the focus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If we're th- interpreting Etro's motivations, like she stops. She's the goddess of death, by the way. Like she's the whole thing. That's why like Etro's gate is the gate to the un- the afterlife, the underworld. So yeah. like they want to go through there. Either either the Falci want to get relief from their fucking like <laughs> bondage <laughs> as they just like me for real, for real. <laughs> 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 Every day I'm suffering. <laughs> <laughs> There's Lassie right here that could be like actually put an end to this whole cycle. So I'm going to like pull them out and like put a blocker on their uh, focus as well. I feel sure. like this is a really this whole game is a really good analogy for religion as a whole, because the whole thing with religion is just like, wait a second, that doesn't really make sense. So why is this happening? And then like if you talk to any scholar in the religion, they're like. Well, the Lord works in mysterious ways. Like that's <laughs> that's what that's what faith is for. It doesn't make sense to our human brain. So you just believe. So I just believe that Final Fantasy Thirteen has a, a, well, a good story. But <laughs> well, Carl, you need two things. You need a long Reddit post and the and the Christian Christianity ultimatum, ultimania, yeah. whatever it's called. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah, it's funny because like uh, you're saying uh, like Snow squaring up and he's got that new brand, right? Or the, I guess everyone the, has their own new brand. Yeah. We 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 yeah. also see hopes uh, peeking out from the little like handkerchief that he put around his uh his brand to hide it, and everyone's just like, no more brand. And uh, Vanille's kind of talking. <laughs> and she says the brand of a Lassie, the symbol of the focus we all faced, the mark of the fate we all shared. Silence, brand. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, proof of the promise we all made. And, and I like uh, that like. Everybody starts squaring up and delivering their like final lines, like you yeah. have to do in a Final Fantasy. As the boss is dying, presumably he's like melting into the, like into screaming the goo. and melting, and they're like into the yeah, now we're gonna goo. do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, this is really the end of Dirge of Serpus all over again. I feel like. <laughs> yeah, it makes a little less sense though. <laughs> um, <laughs> Snow. Uh, I, I hate what Snow says. He said, "I was like, shut the fuck up, Snow. I get it. I get it, dude." <laughs> Um, he just says, the heroes never die. You know what? Like, I'll give it to him because it's the end of the game. It's his thing. I get it. Yeah, it's fine. I guess he you had to. What, what, what else could he say? What What, what, yeah. what else could he what, say? Exactly. What, what, really, it's my problem. I should just expect it. I should not expect better of him. <laughs> Old habits die hard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then he says, come on, we've got a world to save. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hope says, if we have the power to destroy Cocoon, then we have the power to save it. You say you want your day of wrath? Well, it's coming right up. And I was like, oh, my boy, Hope. Get yeah, that's his really ass. Cool. That's a good point, though. Yeah, if we're like, if we, if, if Bart thinks we can destroy Orphan, then like, obviously we can do something to like prevent this. Yeah. And then if this Sarah, gun has the power to destroy this person, it also has the power <laughs> to save this person. And then says, Saz says something. So fucking wild that does not work in this. Like, he says an action line, but it has nothing to do with what's happening right now. Says, I'm getting too old for this shit. He's getting too old for this shit. He says, Time we give the people what they really want. And I'm like, That's so that's like a news thing. 
It's like a like an entertainment thing that doesn't. I don't know if that really applies here. Was that Rocky and Bullwinkle? No, here's something we hope you'll really like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> but I'm I'm looking at the Japanese, right? And I don't know all the end parts of it, but he says something about everybody's dreams. Like this is everybody's dreams. Let's make everyone's dreams come true. Is That's what a lot Google better. Translates. <laughs> Instead of give the people what they want. It's like the end of that fucking James Bond movie where it doesn't make sense there either. Uh, it's a dream. It's like something out of a dream. Yeah, but everyone's kind of just like, oh, we can do it. And Vanille says, let's make a real miracle happen. And uh, Fang says, Lady Luck sure ain't on his side. Yeah. Talking about I think Orphan again? Yeah. Look, they had to finish the game. They were at the end of it. <laughs> They're like, everyone needs a quip. Everyone needs a quip. Get Joss Whedon in my office ASAP. <laughs> so if yeah, it seems like they're anticipating another fight, even though they've like yeah, you know, there hasn't been a, like an enemy appear yet. They're just like watching Orphan like die. Yeah, as she says that, she kind of steps up and swings her lance around, all cool, getting ready for uh, phase three, I guess. Yeah, yeah, this is uh, Orphan two. Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, arises from the the wooder in front of Vetro's gate. Uh, the real orphan who's awoken, I guess, newly orphaned, which is I guess the kind of point of the name. Yeah, his parents or something. <laughs> I guess, but I mean, he was called orphan when he was with his parents. That doesn't really make sense. <laughs> it's like future orphan. <laughs> like, <laughs> I will say that I do like. There's one piece of camera work as orphan, like final orphan, rises up from the. Uh, the pool that's really cool. Actually, I guess I should describe what Orphan looks like too before I get into the camera. It's work. a big fidget spinner. Very he's a big <laughs> fidget spinner. Uh, it's a, yeah. So he's like a um, he's that weird baby face that we saw in the middle of the last version of Orphan, but now outside of his like golden disc, there's also um, a detached halo of like we spines. Saw yeah, we saw this disc actually behind the first form of Orphan as well. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, it's, I mean, it's not really, it wasn't really a focal point at that point. Okay. Um, yeah, there's a lot of, like, gears that, that move the halo around, right? Yeah. That are attached to, like, his centered disc. And what I, I was going to say Spokes. I like about the camera is that when he raises up from the pool, there's a moment where the camera's locked to one of the spinning spines, and it's, like, very disorienting, and it's very cool. Oh, and I was yeah. like, yeah. ooh, that's a nice little touch. So it's it's actually it's actually quite nice. And when he raises up, he's right in front of Etro's gate in a way that makes him look like the pupil to an eye because yeah. the because mm-hmm. Etro's gate looks like uh like the, the focus. Part of an it's eye. all coming to focus. No, it's a really cool design for sure. I, I do like the look of it. It's again yeah. very, like everything from the sanctum, very like ornate, very um it looks like uh like in Catholicism when they have like the tabernacle or whatever that has the Eucharist in it for like safe storage because it's got some yeah. god bullshit going on or whatever. It's got some very, god bullshit. Very similar, like just ornate gold, th- like gears with like faces on them, like spinning around and stuff, like almost like clockwork. It's it's really really cool. Yeah, and the way like his like disc spins is v- and, like we we talked about uh, in the in the cradle that everything was very clock like, and Orphan mm-hmm. is extremely clock like as well because like when his outer disc spins, it stops like a second hand would, you know, where like goes chunk 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 like over and over it was just kind of neat it was very clock like in that way so he's a bunch of stuff he's the pupil to an iris to an eye and also a clock and also a weird baby face that fucking <laughs> talks like a clown has a cool uh gwendolyn crown on as well oh he does oh yeah indeed 
Uh, Orphan um, says you overreach yourselves. Wait, do you want to do the voice? Do the voice. I don't know how to do the voice. You can do the voice if you want. You overreach yourselves. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, it sounds like Griffin McElroy. I don't know if I said that on the podcast, but it just sounds like a Griffin McElroy character. He does. <laughs> yeah. You overreach yourselves. No, we overreach you. Is that so? You don't believe in anything. Um, Lightning totally fucking burns his ass with a uh, a great comeback that makes perfect sense. She says, no, we overreach you. Yeah, let's... Hold on. <laughs> That's real fucking <laughs> playground shit. Like, takes one to know what... Like, fucking what? <laughs> I, I mean, I... I yeah, because I, I'm... Okay, so I went... I typed in overreach definition, right? And like to see it be used in a sentence. And there are multiple usages for different words, obviously, if you've ever looked at the dictionary. And the bottom one, <laughs> the bottom uh, uh, definition of overreach is to get the better of somebody through cunning. And you can use it in such a way to say like, oh, you overreach someone else. So it's that's like, oh, yeah, you're too smart for your, you're smarter than mm, you think is what I, it's I, saying. You're like, no, man, we're too smart for you. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that, that makes sense. I feel like it's just, maybe this is just clunky localization. It's still weak as hell, I will it's, say. It, it reminds me of in Inuyasha, <laughs> there's this like translation thing that I always think of where um, Inuyasha calls Jokin, I think is the, the little like toad guy that hangs out with his brother. Like he, he calls him stupid or something. And instead of being like, no, you're stupid, like a, a normal conversation, they kind of just take the Japanese and translate it perfectly and goes, you're who's stupid. <laughs> and it's just like, okay. Like yeah, I guess I, technically by definition it does work, but it's not. Yeah, I mean, Great. don't get me wrong. This stood out to me, too, where I was like, <laughs> no, we overreach you. And Orphan says, is that so? And uh, Nice, nice comebacks, like, everybody. you really, really not going yeah, out of the park. Yeah, really, really bringing your A game for the, the, the you know, pentultimum. Uh, yeah, I can't yeah. even fucking speak. I, I have no right That's to judge right. we, this <laughs> game. Yeah, I was going to say we belong here. Reading this off the script is Man, making me dumber. Man, this game is English good at all. <laughs> <laughs> But the next few lines are pretty cool. I, think. I, I do. I do like the next line. Yeah. You don't believe in anything. You gave up on life before you were even born. Sat poisoning Cocoon from the inside, waiting for someone to come and destroy you. Sure, you think the end of the world is salvation. All you care about is death's release. So take it and leave the rest of us alone. I love that line. Yeah, we don't think like that. Uh... When we think there's no hope left, we keep looking until we find some. Maybe Cocoon is past saving, but it's our home, and we'll protect it or die trying. We live to make the impossible possible, which... Oh, that, that's the good one. That is, like, we've been complaining about the weird clunkiness of, like, the end of the game and the, and the specifics, and as, like, a podcast about a show, we want to be as specific and, like, have a nice storybook explanation for everyone that we just don't have. But I think this is a really good line. Yes. Because that's basically, that's the, that's the point. Yeah, like, yeah, all the other shit doesn't really matter. It's it's not great that it's clunky, but it's like this is the thing. It's like you are a god, and this is all like your purpose, and like you're just very binary in that way. But the thing about humans is, even when we have no hope, we will continue trying to fight on in a way that gods could not do and and can't understand because they're just like, oh, my word is absolute. This is all written, and it's like, no, we're gonna fight against that. 
Yeah, and I do like, I especially like that the last line before the very last fight in the game is that we live to make the impossible possible because the entire game thus far has been like, there is no chance. There's no way out of oh, it. Then she says, "This that is our focus. That is yeah, awesome. Oh, that our is our focus. focus. That's yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. I like the Japanese one. It said like that. This is a human mission, which it makes sense because the thing with oh yeah a lot of uh, literature and fiction about like um, just death in general. Like the thing about death is it makes life you know sacred. It gives us things. It, we feel grief and loss, so that's why we're fighting for this. We have we have stakes. Right. Gods right. don't really have stakes. Yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah. It's really good. And the way like the the last scene right before the well, I guess the next to last camera angle before the fight begins is really cool where it shows like all the Lassie in the bottom right side of the screen and lightning standing out in front of him, pointing her sword at Orphan as it's like towering above them. And uh, that's when she's like, oh, this is our focus. And I'm like, oh, that's so fucking cool. Yeah. So it's, it's very and every, good. You see everyone do cool little moves to like get like fighting fit, like oh, I love spinning it. his I love guns it. around. And, and it's so good. Vanille just cutely like kind of waves her wand a little bit and, and just Snow like just does like when a, she first got like <laughs> Snow does like the rock thing of pointing his hand out and like beckoning someone to come oh, on. Oh like, dude, Snow is having a great time too. Yeah, he Snow's is fucking like, loving it. He is loving it. <laughs> I mean it's not every Go day you get to punch a baby god in the face. I would be pretty <laughs> stoked too. Do. Yeah. <laughs> So I realized this uh, in la- la- while editing last episode that this whole uh, last stretch of the game kind of reminds me of 2001 A Space Odyssey, which is also about humanity and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And their p- gods kind of, or higher beings kind of put it testing us, which the, the Orphan's Cradle reminded me of like the streaking like trip through Jupiter's ring or whatever, that whole like ending yeah. sequence. Yeah. And then we end up in a, ro- a white room, <laughs> which is like supposed to look like what higher beings think that like oh yeah this is luxurious space for humans like if you look at the scene in 2001 where he like wakes up in the white room yeah with like ornate furniture everywhere really uncanny paintings yeah, you know and then there's a baby at the end you know so like and now we get to fight the baby of 2001 i mean that's like i'd almost i'd almost be surprised if that wasn't on purpose i i feel like it, it's got to be uh in, somewhat inspired by it like that. i'm seeing yeah i'm see- i didn't realize it until like i'm like oh wait a second there's like some parallels here that makes a lot of sense yeah yeah <laughs> i didn't even think of that either and that's like it's, it's almost so one-to-one it's nice except that the baby uh the baby does not get destroyed at the end of 2001 that's fair that's fair the space baby <laughs> my god it's full of stars <laughs> <laughs> And the baby screams because, like, ah, oh, shit, I got owned. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, no, orphan just starts screaming before like the actual battle begins. It's just like, ah, like screaming. <laughs> and then we are in a battle, the final battle with orphan. With orphan, yeah, we can imperil it and we can deshell it and do some other fun stuff to it. Fuck um, yeah, you can. Yeah, music the- rules. Oh yeah, the music's so good. It is really fucking good. It's true. It's true. It's true. It's true. Um. Yeah, so cool little piano riffs. This uh, this fight isn't too bad. It's um, we were talking about it earlier. You probably can die on it, but if you are careful and you don't like overreach yourself, <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, then it's not too bad, right? It's um, it's it, immensely doable. Oh man, the uh, the orb that contains uh, Orphan's head, I didn't really realize until rewatching back that it spins around backwards and sometimes there's an eye yes. that turns into like a, a grinning mouth. Yes. Yeah. It's a really it's creepy grinning mouth real disturbing. On, the, on the back of him. Yeah. So I think the um the the basic like premise of this fight is just it's completely immune to taking any damage until you stagger it, right? Right. 
Possibly if you imperil it, it can. Just because no, because I works, have but... it imperiled, and I, it, everything is just being blocked. Like it has okay, the weaknesses okay. and stuff, but it's not until you actually get it into a stagger that you can actually do any kind of damage to it. Okay, yeah, I, I couldn't do any damage. And to then it. you can Same. like with imperil and all of that stuff, you can really melt him down. Um, oh, I mean, solid nines all the way through. Yeah, yeah. Um, his his stagger goes up pretty quick as well, and it, it doesn't take it does. much to get him staggered. Once he staggers, uh, the, the it's big it. thing is that um, Doom is cast on lightning, and there's, yes. for me it was like four thousand like Doom units or whatever the fuck. Like, <laughs> four thousand Doom units. <laughs> oh no, no, got doomed. When does he uh, transform into his second like kind of design yeah once you stagger him he turns into a to like a different design right yeah he's got like the instead of a disc it looks like kind of a a seethy cloaky kind of frame actually remind looks a little bit more like the gate oh maybe i was thinking it's like like angelic wings almost oh it is angelic wings yeah you're right but it is looks like it's carved out of like glass or something like that yeah but he also has little arms now and a little butt like dahaka I think um, this is, it's also interesting too because he looks like your typical kind of like floating type enemy, but you can actually launch Orphan. Yeah, yeah, wow. you can. <laughs> Just uppercut this guy. But awesome. interestingly enough, um, according to Zwanzig, that this is the only enemy in the game that can still attack you while it's launched. So. Oh, really? You can launch it, but you don't really get the benefits that you would typically get from launch, I guess. Do you know what uh, Orphan is not impervious to? What's that? Death. <laughs> Death, really? That's amazing. <laughs> like a low, like the battle goes so fast anyway that I feel like you would waste your time trying to get death to stick. But technically, you could instant death him, which I think is very funny. That is uh, pretty pretty funny. Yeah, after he's done being staggered, he gets a bunch of buffs, um, so he can do way more damage. He can, um, you know, his physical and his uh, his magic attack goes up, and he has. Um, haste as well so he can if you don't kill him after the first stagger he definitely gets more difficult and this is actually what i think ended up making me get close to dying to the mm -hmm. doom counter because um i was just kind of in like defense mode i i first tried him because obviously um but like i was so panicked with the last fight that i was just like okay i gotta heal everyone up to full i gotta be ready for everything like he's got an attack where like his weird eye thing opens up and he's got a weird like mercury giant hand that just comes out and like smacks you all oh yeah it's true yeah um oh yeah it's like a seath arm yeah but yeah. he also has a, a move called temporal hollow where if you don't stagger him in 70 seconds he'll just reset his chain gauge back to yeah zero. that also is what happened to me I, I didn't know what was going on at first and i was just like oh again very easy to get his um chain up so if you like go into this fight and you're just like the the thing is get the chain up stagger him and attack him, it's not a problem. Um, but it, it, it there you're on a ticking clock. So if you see temporal hollow and he's you know buffing himself and everything it can get a little difficult. But it's it's basically a victory lap. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was able to do it in a minute ten, so it wasn't bad. He's he goes down pretty quick. Just one stagger. Um, but it, like when Fang was attacking during stagger, it was like solid nines across the board. So yeah, yeah. Because very... I had like a, a fully powered up second level weapon and stuff. He has some uh, cocoonian text on his uh, upper uh, upper like. Oh, you're right. On the top, and I think it just says something more about Ragnarok, like poor stray child Ragnarok or something like that. You know, I didn't notice his little weird hands, and now that you've pointed them out to me, I do not like it. 
What is his? He looks like a tiny Dahaka if you look at his design because he has like the little tiny claws and like his he has a bead butt like a like looks like a bee. Oh, he does. He has a little stinger butt. <laughs> well, I don't like that at oh, all. Oh yeah. So when I was doing it, the reason the reason I almost died is I got temporal hollowed twice in a row. Oh, so like the okay. clock was going down and it's like I just needed one more stagger, but I was playing it too safe. So um, I like didn't realize until late like what was going on, and then I'm like, oh, I just need to fucking be relentless and and get a stagger up, and then we're fine. Yeah, yeah, cool. And that's a orphan. Yeah, he's he's not too bad. I'm gonna see what my yeah. doom counter was at when I finally killed him. One sec. I w- I will say that launching a boss is very fun, especially it the is final very boss. fun and very cute. I had like maybe under 100 left on my doom clock when I. Oh my god, really? Yeah, let's see. Lightning was doing power of one. Or army of one, I mean. Yeah, it was like 150, like 125. Oh, my God. 114 is the the final one. So oh, it was, my God. So target time for me was uh, 2 minutes and 53 seconds, and my battle duration was 6 minutes and 52 seconds, I believe. Oh, oof, I guess okay. the, the doom clock means you can only get to 7 minutes, I would assume. Oh, maybe so. Yeah. So I got a solid zero star, zero score fight oh, out, no. of this, out of this free, <laughs> this free fucking final fight. Oh, uh. I I think I got pretty lucky where I stuck him with all the um, debuffs immediately. They just like worked and then nice. just went in on him. And I also set up before I did the last three fights, even though I haven't been using it for any other boss, I did have try disaster. So after sticking yeah. him with those, it was just like try disaster. Boom, 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 boom. Uh, yep. You know, stagger bar is up. Good to go. Yeah. Um, yep. Noticeably, after we kill him, we get... The final Crystarium upgrade. Crystarium expanded. What's that all about? Yeah. This is the final boss. How can that be? What What could that possibly mean? Oh my god! Um, what could that possibly mean? Basically, um, like we alluded to or said str- uh, straight up on previous episodes, this is for post game stuff where you get one more level where it just kind of it, it's pretty expensive. All the shit, like a lot of the things to unlock towards like the end of the. Uh, Next yeah. level of the Crystarium are like 60,000 CP in order to unlock. But you can, the last thing that you get is a roll level increase. And you also just get a ton of HP. So when you start leveling that up, you actually get over like quad nine uh, HP, which I was very excited about. Yeah, yeah, I'm excited about that too. Because like my characters barely have, like, I mean, they're not even halfway, right? They're not even close. Yeah, so, exactly. Be, and cool. um, it's, um, it's really really interesting uh when we get into the post game missions like you could presumably do all the missions beforehand maybe not all of them um but uh it's definitely the kind of thing where they're like no 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 you don't want to do all the missions until you unlock this yeah yeah interesting so orphan explodes um he's screaming again he's yeah we screaming. see his little hands yeah a little grubby and his eyes and mouth are glowing and notably uh Etro's gate starts uh glowing it does okay, yeah. yeah and this is actually something i was actually thinking about just a second ago we're just like okay our plan is to save cocoon uh did we just assume that when roche said evacuate that they mean eden or cocoon yeah we kind of uh, screwed the pooch on this one a little bit uh <laughs> yeah very very weird like we're we're our focus is to protect cocoon whoops we just destroyed the thing that's keeping cocoon powered and alive and this baby can't go anywhere or hurt anyone <laughs> so like we could have just left and like we'll come back with a plan you know what i was <laughs> yeah, thinking we'll too that's fine 
I think when I was streaming this, I made the joke where I was like, I've played Final Fantasy IV. I know the gimmick of this fight. We're not actually supposed to fight this guy. (laughs) 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 That's how we win, by not fighting, because it's thematically appropriate. It's like, no, we have to kill him for whatever fucking reason. And it does doom everyone (laughs) in the world. I'm assuming the... uh, the the point is that we we're trying to break the cycle. Like, well, yeah. if we don't kill you, something else is going to. Well, yeah, and that's what um, Bartandalus said. He's like, if you don't complete your focus now, you're damning others to just be the next group that comes to have to do this. And, and that's the thing is that, like, I, I do. If you don't pay your damn loans, <laughs> <laughs> and I, I do appreciate like the the lesson. I guess I don't want to call it a lesson, but like the point that the writers the, the of FF13 thesis. are. The thesis, I appreciate what they're trying to say with FF13, and I think we discussed this a little bit last time, but it is kind of like, oh, but the fallacy were right the whole time. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, what's the saving thing? It's not humanity. Like, sure, it was important for us to have this humanity and have this unbreakable will where we fight even beyond the there being any hope. But the thing is, it's like, the deus ex machina of it is like, oh, but the good god said that we're good enough. Like, we've proven yeah, to be good yeah. enough that things can be okay because you fought against the gods, but one of the gods says that's cool and bends the world to your will, I guess. Yeah. And there's this whole thing like the entire time about like, oh, well, Diasley's a foul C. He's got all these ulterior motives. You know, he's got to be telling us just whatever to get us to X, Y, Z. And it's like, no, do is telling the truth. The just whole being time. straight up the whole he time. Just being he's a fucking up. asshole, but he wasn't yeah, really yeah. lying. Like, but not a liar. Yeah. And so like, very weird. Like I, again, I, I that's very not the, selective liar. I think at least to some degree, yeah. maybe he was kind of like he's kind of like interpreting our focus to his means. Well, I mean, he was right, right? Yeah, but the whole thing too that I'm always confused about, like there's the falsy, right? And there's like oh, the pulse falsy versus the cocoon falsy and shit. And it's like they're all on the same team, though. I don't think there's actually any differential. Like to humans, there was, <sighs> and like the falsy have kind of been like oh yes, yeah, like you, your enemies there like they're separate yeah. enemies and stuff but it's like I feel like they all had the same goal right because all of the ones on Pulse were looking for something for right weren't they just looking Etro's for Etro's gate yeah mm-hmm. yeah like, you're right I mean, yeah. they, they, they all have the same ultimate goal <laughs> I mean I guess it's kind of like Greek mythology where like all the gods kind of just are like feuding yeah. with one another and, it just, and yeah. very petty and yeah. like weird and like flawed I don't know it's, it's strange it's very hard to wrap my head around yeah, I think like, and again, I'm, uh, I've never written an RPG. You know what I mean? Like, I, I'm not done trying to be an armchair game dev. I could I never. Thought you do. wrote Mother Three. Well, I mean, I don't like to talk about it. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> no, I've never but, wrote an RPG that was localized to the U.S. <laughs> that's right, exactly. Uh, but like, I do think some of it undermines their uh, their point. Yeah, it, it's. Yeah. It's kind of like the reverse of what Bioshock does. I won't go into specific detail, but anyone who's played the first Bioshock, they had a really interesting way of kind of talking about will and stuff that yeah, fit into yeah. the gameplay of it and everything. And in in a cool way that like when there's the big reveal, you're like, oh shit, this is like the reverse where you're like, well, yeah, like the gods won essentially. Like it worked yeah, out for humanity, yeah. but like only or will because it? of the I guess gods. we'll see. <laughs> Or will it? Like, yeah, like it didn't result in as, uh, as much death as that the gods had hoped for. Or will it? I guess we'll or see. Will in the it? Next yeah, like scene. it's like. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> we'll see this thing. So they wanted to basically kill off Cocoon. That's like why, like they wanted, like to 
bringing all this pulse men- menace to like eventually kill Orphan and drop all of Cocoon at once. And maybe into... they did kill all of Cocoon. We'll have to see in the next cutscene. <laughs> yeah. Uh, speaking of, there's a, a little uh, novella at the end of the Ultimate called Final Fantasy XIII Gaiden Shosetsu, which talks about uh, what's happening in Eden during this whole final like act. Oh, really? Oh, yeah? Including with Nora. like. Oh, yeah. Nora has like little things, right? There's a whole little thing where like they're basically like both with help with Roche and uh, there's all oh, this other bullshit where Reigns apparently used the last of his energy to turn himself into a computer. Uh, to put himself oh, into Jesus the computer. fucking Christ, dude. Yeah. But <laughs> be- that, besides that, Nora helps like there, there's a whole mission where people are like basically over, they're trying to hack into the gravity control like centers so they can evacuate more people, okay. which I think is kind of cool like that. So sure, a cool yeah. little side thing. Like how, like how are we going to save Cocoon if like, and shit like that because I think Reigns was kind of a combination of Reigns and Nora and uh, yeah what Roche said it's like we need to like I think we have I think what <laughs> what's happening is that we need to get the fuck out of here yeah, yeah so wait who turns into a computer Roche Reigns Reigns okay after I mean, he, none of it makes he, sense. Like, with his last little bit of sea powers, he turns himself yeah, into, he turns himself like, into he a computer himself. says hey kid I'm a computer stop all the downloading <laughs> <laughs> Either way, the point is, orphans screaming and exploding and dying. And dying, and uh, we see a shot of Eden. We see a bunch of pulse monsters still flying through the streets of Eden, and we see all the street lights. Gravity's been turned off because all the power has been turned we off. We start seeing all the street lights go off. We start seeing. We see I a shot this. of Cocoon from Pulse, and it just, and it's just gets dark. very dark. Yeah, and uh, that's not good. We also see the sun fallacy also shuts off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who's, hey, who turned out the sun? We're seeing hella uh, Etros come or whatever it is, the, the Pyrefly stuff. <laughs> Etros and, uh, come. <laughs> all, uh, since the gravity's off, all of our party just kind of starts floating around as well. Yeah, we're seeing all these, like, I'm guessing those are like souls or things that we're seeing floating up towards the gate. Because they are like little bubbles. That's what I think too, yeah. With crystals inside them. It is very, um, God, man, it's a fucking disaster, right? Everything's mm-hmm. dark. There's no light. Gravity's off, so everybody's floating around. It's just like, oh Our shit, this is the is end glowing. of the fucking like, world. Skin is like glowing and shit. So like, oh That's fuck, true. what's happening? Yeah. I just imagine Snow opening a bag of chips and them getting all over the place and just floating. And it's like, <laughs> careful, they're ruffled. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, my. oh my god, they'll clog the instruments. <laughs> um, but. All of our party grabs, they, they all hold hands, and then Snow looks down and sees that Vanille and Fang are still kind it's of floating. the fake ending of Toy Story 3. Oh <laughs> my god, yeah. Um, god, that, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but we see Fang and Vanille holding hands, and they kind of just, like, look at each other, and... Um, they have a plan, it seems like they've come up with on the fly. Yeah, and Vanille um, says that wishes can come true, but not if you just wait for miracles. Which, again, I think is a pretty good, yeah, I think that's a pretty good um, message as well. Like, you can't just wait for, but it also doesn't make any fucking sense because they literally get a miracle from a god or whatever. Yeah, yeah. They had to work for it, though. But, yeah, she says uh, miracles are things we make for ourselves here and now. Yeah, you can't just wait for miracles. And then current Vanille says, ready. Narrator Vanille says, miracles are things we make for ourselves here and now. And Vanille and Fang kind of spin around a little, like each other a little bit, and then like get engulfed in a white light, and they destroy all of the fucking creatures that are in Eden. Which like, I don't see, think that they're like demons or anything. They're just animals. So what keeps them from killing every human being on Eden too? 
the the glow starts emanating from their brands as well. Yeah. Which I don't oh, know yeah. if this is a Lassie power or where it's coming from. Um, or Ragnarok. I, th- I, I, think I feel like Ragnarok. In, yeah, in, in yeah. my understanding of it, I would think that this means that they are using their will and their powers to like defy the gods and, and change the course of what's going on themselves. But again, it's... Well, they kind of... So, I, I, through teamwork, they're able to control Ragnarok or something. I like think that. that's like kind of the thing. Kind of be- they're like a more powerful Ragnarok and they're able to Love is it. more powerful, you know, yeah. is all that. It's, it's actually <laughs> like... the This ending here is like... It's weird because we, the player, don't get to do it. Like, we don't we don't get to do the crafty plan that Fang and Vanille have. But they launch a crafty right. plan and we get to see it happen, right? Yeah. Uh, they, they transform into Ragnarok, which has, like, hella arms as, like, hair. It basically looks like they multiplied the original Ragnarok design that we saw Fang turn into. They kind of, like, yeah, more Etro stuff, like, with the Eidolons, because it reminds me a little bit of both of their, like, uh, Eidolons kind of combined in some way. Yeah, it, it looks like a uh, an Eidolon, too. It's very, like, mechanical. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, cool hair, lots of hairish looking arms, lots of streamers coming off. And we do we, we see glimpses of things we actually saw like a few frames of during yeah. the focus flashback flash. It's like, oh hey, I recognize yeah, when we yeah. got our focus, the like weird We saw grainy black and white versions yeah. of this stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um so Cocoon is falling toward Pulse, and because it's so large and it's in the atmosphere, it's heating up, and so the bottom of it is like has that like re-entry burn, right? That like uh, spacecraft have when they come back into it's Majora's Mask. It's, yeah, Majora's literally mask. Majora's Mask. There's lava just like geysering out from um, the bottom of Cocoon, and uh, yeah. Ragnarok just kind of dives headfirst into into that lava. Yeah, and it like from the inside. I'm, I'm guessing. Yeah, it, yeah, it's from yeah, the inside yeah, yeah. of Cocoon, and it swim punches its way all the way through uh, Cocoon's outer shell until it's on the bottom of Cocoon as Cocoon's falling toward Pulse. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, I think, and, and we see like all the arms punching out of Cocoon shell, which is like a scene that we see in that grainy black and white. And I think mm-hmm. what happens here is that Ragnarok has completed its focus, right? Yeah. So like e- either Ragnarok has completed its focus or like, no, it has to be. It has to be Ragnarok. I yeah, think so that like, makes the most sense, yeah. Yeah, and and as this is happening, like, geysers of lava from, like, the pressure are both shooting off of Cocoon and up from Grand Pulse, too. They're, like, pulling... It looks like either they or the gravity is, like, pulling... Some, it almost reminds me of the Pharaoh fluid, like, those little magnetic fluid, like, yeah, pulling yeah. up into Cocoon. But they must be, like, oh, if we can turn the crystal at the same time as we're, like, pulling in, like, yeah. mass and shit, we can actually crystallize something to actually support Cocoon and keep it from crashing the pulse. Right. And and, and one of the most fucking wild scenes ever. Uh, mm-hmm. Like It kind of reminds me a little bit of like the inverse of what happened with the freaking vestige. Like Bresca? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, it's yeah, very, they, very similar to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We, we get a very, very short uh, shot of Ragnarok like holding Cocoon up like fucking Atlas or whatever from the bottom of it as like it's standing in lava that's coming up from the ground and pouring over top of them. And they become crystal, and in becoming crystal, the lava starts to crystallize as well. Yeah. Um, and it's real wild looking. Mm-hmm. It's real cool looking. We see a few shots of like what looks like water in like essence of like Fang and Vanille. I think like their faces kind of we like do. surfacing. Like, yeah. It's kind of cool. Which 
If you look very closely, I did not realize it was in the logo for Final Fantasy XIII. I didn't realize that either until seeing the, the logo. Someone also pointed out that um, I think they added this and incorporated this. The very top. Yeah. They added this and incorporated this from the Amino uh, art for the logo. Like, I think Amino just kind of... This whole end sequence was designed around the logo. Yeah, exactly. Like, I think <laughs> he, he just kind of designed it that way because it was fucking cool looking. And then they're like, oh, we're actually going to put that in the game, which is sick. Yeah. It, it's really, like... It, well, I, you know, it's happened a couple times this season, but this is very much like technology on display here. Where oh, they're yeah. like really pulling out all the stops with like crazy graphics, right? Like, so I'm watching it back and I'm just like, wow, <laughs> what a good looking game. <laughs> back on Eden, we see the gate is starting to fade. Yep. Which maybe all the dead have ascended, the, the dead that have been accounted for. Maybe. And yeah, and the entirety of Cocoon is no longer going to die. We so see it's it like, dim. I think oh, we, if we look carefully, I actually can see Eden is actually kind of suspended by a little arm of crystal. So it's, Eden also did not fall. Okay, okay, cool. So, so, it's, so it's not like just like Eden's just jingling around the bottom like a, a peanut. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, it fell on Bodum. <laughs> <laughs> I hope LeBro's Cafe is still okay. Um, yeah, I'm looking back at me booting up this game for the first time. Um, and yeah, they're like Vanille and, uh, Fang are just in the logo, like the whole time. Like I didn't look at it close enough. There's also a weird like horse. I definitely didn't notice. There's like a weird horse in the logo as well, which I don't know what that's about. Oh, yeah. Maybe Odin. Maybe it's supposed to be Ragnarok. Yeah. Maybe Ragnarok. I mean, this is like an Amano interpretation. His stuff's going to be very, it's, you can't really recognize it as Fang and Vanille. Yeah. Very, very stylized. His, his stuff is very abstract and, uh, yeah, he's most, he's not really too involved in, uh, the actual character designs anymore mm. since the the old 16-bit days eight, or even 8-bit yeah. days. Yeah, I think he stopped. But yeah, then. so we see um, all of our party are actually crystallized. Oh my god. We at uh, so Because like, after... it's kind of hard to tell with the crystal and I, I kind of was looking at it I was like, oh, that must be like Vanille or whatever again being in crystal stasis. Must be some friends of theirs. Yeah. We see a bunch of a bunch of crystals like on Pulse, notably. I was going to say, there's like a like a presumably a time shift or like time has passed because the sun is coming up, right? And yeah. there's like a decent way into the sky, so it's like morning time. Sun. And the yeah, it, it, it comes up and you see like the grandiosity of Cocoon all frozen on its now crystal pillar with its weird like waves and wings of crystal coming off of it. And mm -hmm. in the foreground, it, we see the party crystallized, which is a little horrific, honestly. Oh I was yeah, like, absolutely. <laughs> Honestly, that would have been a pretty fucking sick ending. But we do hear Vanille in um, narration say, wake up. Yeah. And that's when wake up, Neo. we see lightning as a crystal. And she is no, she becomes uncrystallized. It's a very like reverse Sailor Moon kind of uh, transformation. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Luckily, like, and much like Vanille, she gets her clothes back when she uncrystallized, yeah. <laughs> which is nice. Thank God. Yeah. <laughs> Against Namora's wishes. <laughs> no, and that kidding. begins the end sequence of the game. Do we want to take a break before we begin that? Yeah. Um, I think so. That makes sense. And then we can talk about the end sequence and we can just debate about what happens in this game. Yeah. Lightning kind of just looks up and sees the crystallized structure holding up Cocoon and she just says, uh, they did it. They saved the world. Did you know that before this game came out, Safer Sephiroth held the record for the most HP of a Final Fantasy boss? Oh, really? 
400,000. Okay. <laughs> this is 10 million. <laughs> like oh my God. Who, wait, who had 10 million? Orphan? Orphan. Uh, oh well, boy. The, the, uh, like we said before, the, uh, the HP doesn't matter because we kind of tear through them real quick with the stagger. Um, That's true. Maybe there's a boss coming up in a future episode that has yeah. like 9 million that you feel every fucking inch of that <laughs> 9 million. Because my God. <laughs> <laughs> because my God. My God. Um, yeah, so like you are saying, um, Lightning wakes up. She sees the crystal uh, pillar and Vanille says, wake me up. Wake, wake me, me up, up inside. inside. Alex, take it. <laughs> so you guys remember when I was complaining about uh, Saz's line when he said, like, let's give the people what they really want. Yes. He's at it again, just almost immediately, <laughs> because uh, they're all kind of looking up and they see Cocoon being held up. Um, and uh, Lightning, like I said, said, they saved the world. And Snow says, no, they gave us a new one. And then Saz says, that's one gift. I'll forgive them for not rapping. What? <laughs> All of a sudden, they had fucking R.L. Stein come in here and write this shit. Like, Saz's mouth was as dry as cotton. Like, <laughs> so stupid, man. Um, but yeah, um, yeah. In Japanese, says, he, just, yeah. he just says it's an amazing gift. <laughs> yeah, like what the fuck? Like, weird. Did he keep the receipt? Look, I, I have also done homework the day before it was due. This is, like, what this is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Vanille, we get some more Vanille. God, I hope, like, the, whoever localized this game does not listen to us or doesn't know anybody who knows us. I'll Same. feel so bad. Yeah, I don't mean to, like, shit on it super hard, but... No, like, they obviously did, like, good work. Like, it's, yeah. But if you are playing this outside of Japan, you will be hearing a, a nice little R&B song underneath this scene called My Hands by... Uh, Liana Lewis. Oh, it got me a little, um, got me a little choked up. I'm not gonna lie. The ending of this is very emotional. Like it's like very upbeat. It kind of reminds me a little of some, you know, Beyonce type anthems. In Japan, it was uh, something a little. I think it's a little different in tone, but it is also good. It was uh, by uh, Sayuri Sugawara, which mm. is the song uh, Kimiga Irukara. I don't know that one. I'm gonna have to listen to that. Yeah, but there's a Christmas song on that so on the album too, apparently. <laughs> yeah, and it's 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 interesting too because uh, much like in Dirge of Cerberus, there's a character that's at the end credits. If you get the true ending, that is known only as L. And it, uh, <laughs> it's modeled after Le Leona Lewis. <laughs> and she's the one who is uh, Orphan's like right winged angel or whatever. <laughs> so we hear uh, we hear some um, voiceover from Vanille. That says, uh, this is as much as we can do. The rest is up to you. Uh, hopes like, oh. yeah, they're just consciously like through their dream communicating, I think to them, like if they're looking over them, like angels through this whole scene It's very silly. Yeah. yeah. I, I will say like the, the last shot with fan of, I think it's pretty good, but, um, but yeah, hope says, uh, does this mean we completed our focus? Uh, snow says cocoon seen better days. Saz says, yeah, and I'd say that qualifies as a demolition focus complete. <laughs> so I, yeah, yeah, this is the end of like Thor Ragnarok. We're like, uh, yes, the, the prophet was fulfilled. Uh, Asgard was destroyed by Ragnarok, but everyone got off. So like, yeah, we'll just make a new home somewhere else. Like, it's fine. Like, yeah, a yeah everyone can go live Bodum, on possibly a a under technicality. Uh, 
we got away. Everyone yeah, gets we, what they we, want. we have technically completed our focus. <laughs> yeah. The best type of completion. Yeah, I was going to say the best, the best <laughs> type of completion. <laughs> um, but yeah, they all have their various... But like things like whatever. Yeah, after says, uh, yeah, I think that qualifies as a demolition focus complete. We hear Fang says, whatever you want to believe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Lightning says it really is a miracle. And then Hope realizes something. His brand, his special, his special brand, brand. <laughs> is gone. His, his brand is gone. He has to start a new Twitter. All of all our uh, all up. of our homies no longer have a brand. They're no longer Lassie. No, no longer sponsored. Yeah. Which I guess would also stand to reason that they can no longer use magic, right? Oh. Yeah. I don't think that's the case. I think I'm sure in future games they can still use magic or whatever. I but don't it's know like... because we don't play as them. We don't play as them in the sequels. Oh, okay. Maybe they uh, decentralized uh, Magitech. The Magitech, yeah. Yeah. Speaking of uh, FF6, our next season, we do see a, cu a cutaway where we see uh, evacuees from Cocoon. Mostly, like uh, we see sky tanks and soldiers and like, halo drop ships. <laughs> yeah, they're like they're landing on Pulse, and there are civilians everywhere. They're kind of like securing the perimeter, making sure the civilians are safe and stuff like that. Because as far as they know, there are monsters everywhere, which is not wrong. It's not yeah. wrong, yeah. But yeah. it's quite nice down here. <laughs> Tomos comes by and just rolls us all over. <laughs> <laughs> real, real weird ending. Um, it's the trolley cart problem with Atomos, and it's like, <laughs> would you change the path of Atomos so that you could jump across him to get to a, a hidden mission? If it meant you would be killing a bunch of citizens of Kaku. <laughs> it it is interesting. I'm watching like the the ending cutscene, and it's weird seeing Lightning smile, not in a like shitty way. Yeah, <laughs> not in a way a true, like a true <laughs> smile. you fool, <laughs> like. Everyone yeah. looks very smooth in these cutscenes a little bit. It's, there's some there's some shininess to these like earlier uh, cutscenes. Yeah, by earlier, I mean like 15 years ago, but still yeah. very good. Yeah, it's true. Um, but everyone knows that their brands are gone. Yeah, we we have some uh, more dialogue from Vanille. I don't think we read that yet, right? No. Yeah. It's easy to lose sight of things in a world as wide as this one. But if you keep going, you're sure to find what you're looking for sooner or later. And what are we looking for? Yeah, what what were we looking for this whole time? Because yeah, I genuinely forgot, and I saw this, and I was like, <laughs> "Oh right, the whole fucking reason that we like had all of this going on." We see Sarah and we see Dodge walking towards us, and Dodge is just talking I to Sarah. It. It's so cute, and he just it's says, so "And and and there was this whole big bunch of chocobos there." <laughs> he's probably talking about his time at Nautilus. I'm sure, like, yeah, yeah he's telling he's Sarah like, about the time that his dad took him to Nautilus, and Sarah's just like. Oh, the, oh, there, there was. was was there so yeah, so yeah. cute, dude. It's really good. I would like to imagine just Nimbot like, all right, your cat, your dad's not here for a few hours, so let's just kill some time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Jill Nimbot <laughs> actually kind of like not cool, but like knows how to have a good time with a kid nonetheless. Like, I am gonna turn you to Crystal eventually, but in the books, uh, episode zero, it does seem like she's all. Like she has ulterior motives, but she does seem very good with kids, all yeah. things considered. Interesting. So my initial uh, read on her might have not been completely wrong. Or like, she looks <laughs> nice. <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah, we can go wherever you want, kid. That's fine. We we got unlimited funds here at Sanctum, so we can just take this kid on his Sanctum-sponsored vacation. <laughs> As um, Sarah's kind of like, oh, there was, was there? We see Choco Chick fly out of Saz's hair and just kind of make its way towards Dodge. And we see Saz yeah. like, just smiling real big. And uh, Sarah's like, hey, Snow. look look there. And Dodge comes running over right up to uh, his dad. And Snow sees Sarah and is super oh fucking God. excited. I, they all kinda... I, I started feeling emotions when I saw Snow's face. I was like, oh, 
boy. Snow like fucking books it. Like um, Saz had a couple of like feet on him. Like he, he started running first, and Snow is just closing <laughs> the like, gap oh, immediately, running towards. Us. Yeah, yeah, like it's so good. It's like two steps for him. He's like what ten foot. Yeah, true. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, he grabs Sarah and and embraces her and everything. And then this this part actually kind of fucking bummed me out. Hope kind of runs forward and is like looking around, and I'm like, oh my god, that's really sad. Like his mom's not gonna show up. Like she's just true dead, not like crystal. Well, that's what I thought too. But then his next line, he's like, oh, they're gone, and he's like, oh wait, he's talking about vanille and fang yeah he's talking about vanille and fang well, which yeah, that's is also too, extremely sad but i did think though i was like oh he's looking for his parents <laughs> yeah lightning also Aww. smiles uh when she sees uh sarah which is you know the rare true smile from lightning which is really really nice it's, i like uh, how they did that too like they they the the changes between like her like like when she smiles you actually can like glean the emotion off of it you know what i mean yeah, yeah. It, it is weird when um Sarah and Lightning embrace because I'm like, oh, they both have the same weird pink hair. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it's like interesting yeah. to see like two characters with the same hairstyle ish, like they, right next to each other. You're like, oh, they are related, aren't they? This they, ties they look into related. The, yeah, this ties into the Zelda timeline actually, and uh, this is specifically oh, they Link. are um, they they are uh, ancestors of Link from uh, A Link <laughs> to the Past, who yeah. also has pink hair. That's right. That's why he only does in that one game. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, Hope's like, uh, he says, oh, they're gone, aren't they? I guess they meant for this to be goodbye. Then again, we've changed our fates before. Yeah. And so it's like, oh, I wonder if that it's will like, be tackled in some kind of sequel game to FF13. Yeah. Um, who knows? What, who knows what the future may hold? But yeah, uh, Lightning apologizes to Sarah. Um, yeah. Re- really nice. It's, it's really sweet. Like they, they, what we know is that like their last, I guess the last time they saw each other was in the vestige. But before that, like, it was just her birthday, her shitty-ass birthday. <laughs> it was, yeah, it was, like, the, the worst string of, like, two days ever where, like, shit was just, like, miscommunications and not properly, like, talking it out and just everyone being fucking bummed out and then just immediate, <laughs> yeah. like, catastrophe. Things bad. But then, like, uh, Snow completely just, like, barges in between them, like, hey, come on, apologies can wait. We got a wedding to plan. It's kind of interesting what Sarah said too. She says to Lightning, "I missed you." Yeah, and like her being in crystal stasis, you would think like it was just Uh, kind of like one day thinking or something. Yeah, but yeah, Um, but yeah, Lightning apologizes, and Snow yeah says like, "Oh, the the apologies can wait. We've got a wedding to plan." Uh, It's always like the front of his mind, like, "Come on, we don't have to worry about that. We got our engagement's much more important." He's always thinking like, "It's yeah, it's the first thing he's thinks (laughs) of." He it's very cute though. Um, He looks at Lightning and he says, "You're going to allow it, right? (laughs) Like, I got your approval now, right?" Like, and he puts his hand (laughs) on her shoulder and stuff. And yeah, after this, like, yeah, Hope's Hope's just like, "Wow, you don't waste any time, do you?" And really, really good. Snow's like, no, I don't. And yeah. Saz is like, that's right, just charging, guns blazing. Yeah. Yeah. Which is and fun. He says to I, I like that uh, line because he says charging, guns blazing, because that's the first scene of the game is like yeah, charging and really guns nice. blazing. And I was like, that is what our party does. Oh, that's like, that's our wrap up line where we're like, that's yeah. what we do. We, we yeah, charge no and guns plan, blazing. just fucking go for it. Yeah. Heroes on This voiceover, baby. I can't tell if it's in the scene or like a. Um, I kind of like some 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 other time because it is if the way it was recorded it makes it seem like almost like a voiceover from Snow where it says I swear to you I will make her happy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and Lightning says I believe you. Congrats. Yeah. Oh yeah. I think it was. I think it's supposed to be like when they're a, as the camera is like 
panning up and tilting up to show gotcha. cocoon crystallized and stuff. They're they're still having a conversation, you know, like that's the last that we see of them. They want to make sure we hear it. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, then we kind of start zooming in. Chorus kicks in, that big R&B song. Oh, it's so good. It, I'm mm-hmm. telling you, like, we're kind of like blazing through it, but like the music with the ending, it was making me feel emotions, y'all. I, I was I getting was like, real choked up, for sure. I was like, <laughs> yeah. But as the camera tilts or pans up to Cocoon. Zooms in, kind of going through uh, a bunch of crystally. uh like veins, webbings, yeah. On the bottom of like the base, I guess, of where Cocoon meets like this pillar, mm-hmm. we go through, and it does look like it kind of reminds me of like yeah, a weird chemical reaction that you grow like a crystal growing type thing. Yeah, but in the center of it is Final Fantasy X remastered HD. <laughs> <laughs> the cover art for yeah. that one—it's <laughs> just the cover for that. But it's uh, yeah, it's a uh, Fang and Vanille in crystal, floating, holding hands, nucleus. Yeah. And a little weightless nucleus. It's really quite wild. Also, I need y'all to take the podcast for like three minutes while I make something really stupid to share with y'all. I have to do this live. It will only be funny if I do it now. Sure. <laughs> but uh, we hear Fang's voiceover. When prayers turn to promises, not even fate can stand in their way. We held the light of hope in our hearts and achieved the impossible. Now we live on to greet a new dawn. Yeah. Which we've heard that phrase before. I think uh, like what Sid said suddenly like now it's not, now we re- Oh, that's right. The new dawn or something. Yeah, like that. Oh, yeah. Wow, yeah. The new era, I guess it's like here comes the new era. Like at that time it was about him, like the new era, the new, the new reign of power or whatever like that. I will say, I think it's pretty brave of them to end the, the game with like, two of your characters are essentially dead. I mean, they're not dead, but yeah, just yeah. Gone. Like it's very, very bittersweet. And I think to me that makes this game even better because yeah, they made their sacrifice partially because like it gives it family or things to fight for. Like really besides us themselves, like we are the besides the new family, the new homies. Yeah. Yeah. So like they can go back and fight those cocoon boys again. (laughs) Okay. So I want to, I want to talk for a second about this last image of uh vanille and fang floating in like the uh the crystalline nucleus or whatever you want to call it right Mm -hmm. um let me play something in the discord that i just made in photoshop it's the coolest oh my god (laughs) 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 holy fucking shit they're they're just they're holding hands perfectly in the shape of the cool s yeah oh my god i was just like we're through the looking glass this is the tesseract of the cool s that saved cocoon (laughs) oh my god that's fucking amazing Uh, i want to give a quick shout out Oh, shout out to Matumu Toriyama, director <laughs> no. and scenario designer. Uh, what have they done for me lately? Um, <laughs> no, I'd like to give a shout out to my homie Taylor. He was uh, the drummer of my old band, who isn't on Twitch too much, but every now and then he'll log on, and decided to jump into my stream at like the very end of me playing Final Fantasy 13, and he was like, what the fuck is going on? And I was like, <laughs> I can't even begin to explain to you what the fuck is going on. <laughs> so he just watched the ending of it. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't think he would ever really play it, but uh, I thought that was very funny. I'm like, there's nothing I could say to kind of... I think Zwanzig started like 
actually explaining it in like concise details to, to him. So it was pretty funny. But yeah, I, that's the game. That's the game. Now they're roommates forever. Yeah, yeah, they're cousins uh, in the English localization. Just holding hands naked in a nucleus forever. Just platonic, uh, heterosexual um, hand-holding for eternity. That's right, just like we do on the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) They are kind of 69ing guys, just saying. (laughs) Well, at first I was going to say, when I was going to try to describe like what shape they're in, I was like, well, I don't want to say it's 69ing because that's crude. What should I say? And I was like, oh, they're doing the cool ass. They're doing the cool ass. That's the ultimate form of hard styling is what they just did. (laughs) Once we start living in space colonies, everyone's going to be doing the cool ass hard style in space that way. Yo, hell yeah, dude. (laughs) I'm going to call it, yeah, okay. I'm Spider-Man kiss. How about that? That's yeah, it's the Spider-Man awesome. kiss is a little more, uh, less crude. <laughs> and they say the serum. I think since we're on the topic of Vanille and being crude, did we talk about her idoling? Being a whole bunch of arms and her having a... Yeah, we, we did talk about her reaction when the, uh, the very um, ex- I, exciting uh, uh, finisher, I guess. Yeah, because I... I, I uh, when I was doing some of the missions, I used her Idolin at one point and got like the ultimate like thing with it that everyone is just like like if you see it yeah the like, uh, it's crude but it's like is she basically <laughs> just orgasms when, uh, when yeah, what's the name yeah, of her yeah. Idolin like That's explodes why it's called a finishing move <laughs> <laughs> I was like oh my god so her Idolin is like the the mech from Final Fantasy VI plus a Sibian like <laughs> it's insane dude what a weird choice. Yeah, she uh, she squeals in a pleasurable pain. Yeah, very very strange choice by the developers on that one. Yeah, it's fine. Oh man, that's the end of the game, though, y'all. That is the end of wow. the game. We beat FF thirteen. Um, we do get to see a cool like credit sequence where there's like a a three D modeled like projector with like a reflection of just some of the the cutscenes from the game, which was uh, interesting and cool. Yeah, hear more of this music. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the, the iconic uh, Final Fantasy font sh- showcasing all of our favorite uh, Final Fantasy developers. Like Sean Hodo. That's a straight up Star Wars name. Um, yeah, for sure. So what did y'all think about Final Fantasy Thirteen? I fucking loved it. I, I really, really like this game. It's a lot of fun. Um, the story kind of gets away from itself in weird ways that we've talked about enough. Yeah, I like the mythos a lot, even if the wrapping it up kind of felt clunky. Like, all right, like I get it. Like Etro mercifully kind of saved the world but we to let us save the world i guess yeah i i, <laughs> I feel like etro let us have the second controller on the snes <laughs> and let us believe that we were controlling mario <laughs> <laughs> i uh i i think if and again who knows this shit could change when we play the sequels or whatever um there might be more context to it but like taking it just as it is now in my like own head canon it's kind of like the final act that vanille and fang had was to like do this themselves and defy gods themselves somehow yeah, and and like sure. that that kind of ties it together more it again very clunky very hard to understand no matter how many reddit posts there are i feel like it'll always be a little uh, <laughs> a lot of loose ends that don't get neatly tied up though they do get tied up i would say yeah i think so and i mean as much as like we were talking about how like um some of it can be a little um antithetical to what it's trying to say about like oh gods just save us whatever who cares um i i think that like there's still importance to fang and vanille's sacrifice at the end that like 
keep this cycle from happening because it yeah, wasn't absolutely. like the gods didn't stop the cycle. They just kind of like had mercy on us for doing it at the end, I suppose. Um, yeah. So there's there's still like, 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 even though it's not all the way there, I still think it's there enough to be it's like, not, oh, it still has meaning. It's not narratively satisfying as like a, a, a really cool, perfect ending or anything. But like you said, yeah, it, there's enough there with it and the main theme of it of like fighting against fate and never giving and like losing hope but fighting anyway is really powerful and really good and i really like that yeah i also think thus far at least maybe in total i feel like it's the darkest final fantasy um in that like the vibes are never immaculate in the entire game nobody's having a good time ever (laughs) there's never a good time in it like no a, a strictly like all across the board good time yeah like, th- there's about 10 seconds of one right before hope gets his fucking idolin where they're like all right well we're on pulse that ain't so bad oh hope's having a fucking stroke well that was nice while it lasted yeah exactly <laughs> um yeah we i hung think out with the chocobo for a little bit that was kind of fun oh that's, yeah, that's true. true um the parade yeah. was a little traumatizing Dude, the, but par- everything after- <laughs> the fucking nautilus section is so good because it's like the most depressing part of the whole game at an amusement park. And it's just like they're they're doing all the rides and seeing all the attractions. And you're just like, these are the two saddest people in the entire universe. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I feel so crummy. Um, yeah, I think uh, this does what I was kind of hoping Final Fantasy four was going to do with all of like the tragedy that's in that game. And like there's oh, still yeah. tragedy yeah. in that game and stuff, but like. At every turn in four, it felt like the stakes were just like, oh, yeah, no, that's fine, actually. It turned out fine. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, which I they don't got like. the four crystals? Sorry, right, there's four more. Oh, they have the eight crystals? Don't worry about it. There's four more. Yeah, and it's like, oh. this is this is, um, this is is really well done, and I like that it has a very bittersweet ending. Um, that's really emotionally... Uh, like resonating it, it, similar to like the ending of 10 where um like the the main thing we, create with 10, our own, we get to create our own world again now yeah the the thing with 10 and 10's ending was like i wasn't super sad about the thing that happens but i was sad about the thing that happens and how it affected other characters you know yeah because I mean? versus this grown to i love am them. sad i <laughs> this one i am sad of what happened to the characters because these were two of my main characters who i loved the most yeah yeah so yeah I think that was really well done. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, it's good. It's a good game, game. game. It's a good game. Good game. I, I think everyone should probably try and give it a another chance if they haven't uh, liked it when it came out. Yeah, definitely. And I think like if you um, take it slow, because it's a dense, it's a it's a very uh, filling game. I, I would say the, take yeah. it slow until you get to Grand Pulse, because if you don't like the plot line at Grand Pulse, you should just power through it and beat the game. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You may never come um, back to it. <laughs> and even if you don't really if the if the story isn't anything for you, um, I think the gameplay is good enough that. Oh my it's god! Worth the game like the, the battle Mwah. system. I I've been thinking about it so much. I've I, I just hit like the sixty five hour mark in my playthrough, doing like a bunch of the extra missions and stuff, and I'm still thinking about like the battle system and how fun it is and how challenging it can be. And like no matter how overpowered you get, the game can still throw shit at you. That's like, hey, what about if this happened? How would you tackle this? Yeah, and it's like yeah. fun puzzle solving in a very cool dynamic. System system where things are that you always have to be paying attention and you got to look at like everything going on in a battle instead of just being like attack 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 yeah yeah 
I agree. I agree. I think it's maybe the best battle system in a final. Yeah, Fantasy I, game I would yet. say so. Of any of the the games that I've played, I think that this is my favorite battle system. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I was actually curious. I was watching fight some super bosses, and I was like, was versus thirteen versus actually going to be like people could use this system against each other like a fucking Pokemon? Oh, fight? <laughs> that would be so interesting. Like, and that's the kind so of the thing. actual versus mode would be really cool with the system. I'm just like I'm thinking in my fucking fucked up brain of like challenge runs and like Kaizo hacks and stuff. I'm like trying to imagine like really like people could if we had all of the tools available like if we were modding it and wanted to make like a really fucked up like gauntlet of bosses or something i feel like this this game has so much in in the sandbox of it that like you could really get fucking buck wild with it if you want oh, like, yeah, and sure. I, I, the one thing that i've been thinking of is what if it worked like final fantasy 10 where you could swap in characters throughout like that would add a whole level of like i mean it would make the game completely broken like it would make it a baby's challenge but if they like balanced around that and stuff like sure i don't know yeah, I, yeah. I fucking love it like it's literally like i just think about the battle system all the time now it, it's well, really cool and i think i would like to maybe try and speed run it one day yeah i was gonna say we're uh we're gonna push that battle system to its absolute fucking limit coming up too because final oh, yeah. fantasy 13 is not over this is oh, not no. the last episode of the 13 season uh, because post credits, we get an option to make a new save file. A new save, which will is not a new game plus, but it will basically create a duplicate of our last save, but now with the new Crystarium. Yeah. yeah. So now we can just like before we entered like the final fight. Now we can just go back to Grand Pulse or anywhere else. I think that we can. We can go back to, to Eden, Eden or Grand Pulse. Yeah. If we want to gr- grind and like work on some more. Uh, game breaking stuff this is like the dark aeon section but now we actually have to do it we <laughs> do it effectively we do it post game yeah <laughs> yeah which is really really nice i think like the dark aeons were obviously added in a not the initial release later. they were added later as like a challenge thing um there i i really like the way that this game does it where they give you more tools to handle that stuff and like i think like i was saying i think you probably could beat some of these bosses but there's things that really lend itself to be like well there's no reason to actually bang your head against it like as much as i love doing that (laughs) um there's definitely points where i've been like oh okay like this does not make sense for me to tackle this right now i need to go and do other stuff and luckily all the other stuff is super fun um i would recommend if you are following along with the podcast and wanted to do it you might want to make a beeline for one of the upcoming missions to get an item that curtis alluded to earlier I think it's what mission is it 55 54 I don't remember but it's the one with the Ochu It's the Neo Ochu um which is a Just very... go back to where we fought the sheep right Yeah it's it's where yeah. you um where you find the sheep Not uh, fought a sheep we, we sheared the, the, the sheep But what you're going to want to get is an item called a growth egg which you just equip yep. it to one of your uh, party members um like in your active party I believe and everyone including the party members who aren't on your team will get double the Christogen points because we're about to do a lot of missions that give some pretty good CP, but it's worth getting that because, um, at this point too, like in the game, like it's like a lucky egg in Pokemon. Yeah. Like you just, you don't have to like, just it's minimizing the amount of grinding that you have to do, which I am always all for. And it's kind of fucking shitty of the game. To put it after a huge gauntlet of missions that uh, is in a part of the map that we have yet to access. 
because you have to do a lot of fights over and over. I was going to say, we not only are we doing that, we haven't even explored all of Grand Pulse yet. <laughs> That's the crazy yeah. thing. Um, so uh, the, the, the main strat for that, if you're not familiar with it, is just unlock death with Vanille and get into this fight, have some sentinels, have, uh, I think, like, have a medic, have a sentinel, and then just have Vanille over and over again try and, and kill this thing with death. And uh, then you'll you'll win the battle. And I think it can also be imperiled. Um, and if you imperil it, you get like a little bit more likelihood of getting death to go off. So oh, interesting. Yeah. Well, you have earned the trophy instrument of change. I also got superstar. I think it's called. If, if you five star orphan, you get a trophy as well. Oh, interesting. Cool. Yeah, I should try and do that. Uh, I read online an easy way to do it is just get him to that first dagger and then just use high wind. Nice. Gersh. Yeah, it makes sense. We'll talk about Grand Pulse next week. Yes. Right? I guess the the real question on my mind, and I'm sure several of our listeners' mind, is when are we going to talk about the Adamant Toys variants? And <laughs> 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 they'll either be next time or the time after that. It might be the time after that. So we should just have like an episode about all of the missions and then just one episode about Adamant Toys where we just talk about them for two hours. We're like, what the fuck? Okay, I have not done anything with them. Again, hour 65 of my playthrough. I just went through, uh, I guess next week, should we talk about the Titan Trials? I would love to not only talk about the Titan Trials, but the areas leading up to Titan. Yeah. Is that technically within like the next series of missions numerically? Yeah, so yeah. the only exception is the the Neo, the, uh, Neo Chew, which the Neo we can Chew. maybe... I pretty much explained everything. It's on the way. It. Like, it, it, it's worth doing that now for the reasons I mentioned. And if you're following along just numerically with the missions, you'll have to do like a, a little bit of backtracking here and there, and then um, it'll lead you on the course that will unlock the area where you can access the Titan Trials, which um, is a really interesting way to handle a big bunch of missions. I thought. Yeah. Yeah, remember that guy, Titan, <laughs> lumbering around. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Also, if you finish, who eats animantoids? Apparently, if you finish them trials, and you get to like the 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 final one that's not immediately listed, um, you might want to hold off on that fight. Don't be like me, who spent two hours trying to brute force my way through <laughs> it and just getting fucking owned the whole time. I mean, getting owned is part be... of the FF13 experience, especially post game. <laughs> It's true. It's true. So, um, yeah, just don't feel bad if you get owned on that one. Yeah, boot up that retry button and we'll see you in one week from today. Yeah. Hell yeah. Meet us back here next week for an ass kicking. <laughs> if you like more Final Fantasy 13, so I was actually curious if there was an epilogue to this because there was a pro like a prequel book to, of course, this called Episode Zero, which Carl, of course, dipped into a little bit over the holidays. I've since uh, been reading through. Uh, there's actually a, one called Final Fantasy Episode 1, which I, th I think it was released in like 2010 in Japan and then finally came out like as a pre-order bonus for 13.2. But it takes place like immediately after the, the, the events of this game. So like just people kind of gain their bearings and lightning, feeling some sort of dark energy. Like there's some fighting happening, still like, happening on Pulse. Like the fight is not over. So check it out. But also shout out to... Um, Thelivestream.net, who we've, uh, I think, become acquainted through Shademp during Dirge of Service uh, season. Nice. 
uh, they did an unofficial, uh, 10 years ago, actually, an, an, un, um, an unofficial audio drama of episode uh, one, which is definitely worth checking out. They did a really good job, like, casting, uh, like, sound likes for the whole cast, and it's... That's really cool. Who 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 did they get to do Jar Jar Binks? Um, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> Ahmed Best just has some free time, so they just got him back. <laughs> we finally right. unlocked the final level of the Crystarium. We can finally have Jar Jar Binks on our team. Things are uh, really on, on an upswing in this game. Do, uh, do you all have anything coming up? Getting ready to happen? No, I don't think I do. Holy shit. Well, in that case, Alex, would you like to overreach us? I will overreach you. (laughs) 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 I'm Schmorby. I'm thinking Masashi Uzu and I guess Leona Lewis. And (laughs) uh, thanks to Leona Lewis for the for the music in this one. Oh, wait. Speaking of. Hama Uzu. Uh, I recently got a gift from my fiance of the Final Fantasy oh, yeah. VIII soundtrack, um, which is in this really cool like book form, and it has like a lot of. It's all in Japanese, so I haven't gotten to translate it or anything yet. But I noticed something very, very interesting in the uh, in the credits for Final Fantasy VIII, and that was um, that uh, one of the sopranos was Matsui. Uh, Hama Uzu. So I I did some digging. He they were in the Sopranos. Matsui was also a soprano in Final Fantasy VII. I, I'm mm. assuming um, One Winged Angel, where Alex has told us that Hama Uzu himself was also in the chorus on that. Um, and she was uh, she had her maiden name at that point. So oh, at some okay, point, I think this okay. is me just piecing it together. I, I didn't like look at the timeline and stuff, but it's like maybe at some point between the developments of Final Fantasy VII, where they sang on a chorus together, and Final Fantasy VIII, where they where she sang on the chorus, they got married, and um, they. I was just very excited that you know this like weird small world of uh, Final Fantasy music composers and and musicians has come together in a really sweet way. I, I really really liked that. And then I recalled uh, during our Vestige episode that uh, Hama Uzu noted in his like commentary that he got his daughter to sing the, on the Vestige song. I remember that. And I was like, yeah. oh, right, they have a daughter. So I looked up her. Her name's uh, Aya. And she is on the 13th soundtrack, but she also, her first introduction to Final Fantasy was singing in the Advent Children Choir mm-hmm. at the age of three. No, like, so wow. like I was like, ah, oh, we brought our kid to work. Let's throw her in. Like, you know. so But she's cool. also, now she, she's old enough now that she's actually composed like uh, soundtracks of her of her own, which is really rad. just amazing. So cool. The Hama Uzu uh, family. That's awesome. Love it. Shout out to them. I think when, when Alex told me about um, Aya singing on Advent Children at the age of three, I was like, God, what a nepo baby! <laughs> just a nepotism baby. <laughs> she is the Advent child. <laughs> yeah. So just shout outs to the uh, Hama Uzu family. They fucking rule. They're so good. Yeah. Yeah. In, ca- in case we might not hear them next season. Who knows? Oh. <laughs> When we do Final Fantasy five. We're doing Final Fantasy sixteen next season. We're doing right. Strangers in Paradise. Frank Sinatra. Yeah, we, <laughs> we are we're gonna do sixteen. It's gonna be the first thing you're gonna hear about it. <laughs> we're just gonna make it up because it's probably not gonna be out in time. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah, thank you to Matsashi Amauzu and the whole family. But yeah, be sure to uh, give us a review, rate us on iTunes and Spotify. You can call us or text us as always at 530 Materia. Oh yeah, if you have a better theory about what the fuck this game is about uh, or, or you have a, a different interpretation of it, please let us know. I would I would love to hear that. Absolutely. 
I was gonna say it's not like a challenge or anything. Like, oh, you fucking come up with a better, <laughs> a oh, better you you explanation than yeah. You think you can do a podcast? I promise you, you can, and you probably should. <laughs> uh, you can find us at every FNFF on Twitter, Instagram, or YouTube, and hop in our Discord. And now we pot on to greet a new cast. <laughs> <laughs> much like, much like FF13, stick in the landing. <laughs> <laughs> Anything's better than crawling. <laughs> <laughs> All right, goodbye. See you on Pulse. Bye.